All right, all right, all right. We are live. It is uh, Thursday morning, the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you. And we are busy with the burning platform, which this morning is, um, as always, attended uh, diligently by Pumi and Canthon and I. And we are joined also this morning by our special guest, Penuel, the Black Pen. You can find him on social media. He's also a YouTuber, podcast author, and a speaker. He's got two YouTube channels. You've been busy, man. Namely, Penuel the Black Pen and The Penuel Show, which focus on education, conversation, challenging minds. He's also created his own belief system, which we have to get into. It's called Penuelism, and he's a proud father of six. How old are you? 37. And you've got six kids already. Jesus, you've been busy. I thought, I thought LeBang, who's got five, has been busy, but Penuel's got six. <laughs> Holy hell. You've, how do you even have time to podcast or YouTube or anything with kids? Uh, children are just a hobby, man. Oh, I'm really? Kidding. Kidding. It's, it's pretty much the morning. same way that Jacob Zuma has time for court cases, right? Oh, oh wow. okay, right. Ooh, we're being thrown in. <laughs> we're being compared to Jacob Zuma straight up. Sure, Benel. All right. So, um, listen, tell us first of all about a little bit about you and we'll get, we'll get into like the things you want to talk about in politics and current affairs this morning, but give us the, the pricey of like, where you come from and, and, and what you are and what you do. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here. Um, sure. Nice especially to have meeting you, you, Gareth. I know we've, we've cool. spoken before offline. Um, I'm a boy from Newcastle in KZN. Grew up, matriculated there. Then I moved from there, went to Grahamstown in Makanda in the Eastern Cape. Mm-hmm. Did my undergrad accounting and economics um, at Rhodes. And then I did my honors in accounting at the University of Johannesburg. I was meant to finish my entire journey to becoming a chartered accountant, but Somewhere along the way, I kind of fell off. <laughs> uh, and then expecting my first child, I decided to go work. Um, luckily, I had qualifications. So I went into banking, worked for the two biggest banks in the country. And then later on, the entrepreneurial bug bit me. I went into business for a couple of years. That collapsed grandly. And then uh, here I find myself today trying to be an alternative voice, I think, in this country that needs <laughs> more alternative voices. Well, you come to the right place on the burning platform. This is a, like a... Alternative voice, Nirvana. All right, so let's get into it. Um, we've got a couple of things to talk about this morning, and I, I don't know where we're going to start because, of course, just another boring week in South African politics. I mean, the, the last few shows, we've really hit the all out of the park with like Glynis Breitenbach, and we had Musi Maimane. I saw you had Musi Maimane. I did. Right? Did. Very amazing uh, gentleman. I was speaking to Ryan. You find camera. him amazing? I find I him amazing. A, I think he's very ni- he's a nice guy, but I can't say I'm amazed by him. I'm not one of those people who's like blown away by Moose. No, no, no. He's he's not mind blowing. What I was saying to Ryan off camera and off air was, I think he's quite idealistic in a country that is very emotive with a, a masses that is still easily fueled white monopoly capital, etc. I think no, people people yeah, love that shit. I think as a as the type of leader that he is, he's he's not what the majority of South Africans are ready for yet. But I think he's a it's a really good human being and I think his heart is in the right place. All right. Well um we we have to get into some of the issues around criminal justice system. I mean Pumi and I were just breezing past two of them this morning with the Senzo Miwa trial still something which we have no clarity on. Uh, this Tabo Besta situation, which it appears is way more seedy and m- mysterious than we'd even thought. Um, we're still waiting for someone to tell us who killed AKA. I mean, these things should be within the purview of a working criminal justice system. We had Glynis on the other day. She said it's not a lost cause. 
She doesn't believe that the criminal justice system is a big, ugly thing. She thinks it's something that should and could and must work in a fully functioning democracy. Do any of you have comments on that before we even get into some politics and party stuff and elections around the corner? I think Glynis is actually being a good person, exactly in the way that Penhor was just talking about. (laughs) You know, she's actually not wanting to throw shade at her colleagues, uh, well, former colleagues, really. But I think that <laughs> God, I look like Darth Vader. Congo today. Chris, looks like, looks like <laughs> nice Darth one, Chris. <laughs> and you've already, yeah, sure. called, you've already been called pro-Russia, Canton Pele this morning. So pro-Russia, Canton Pele. You know, I, I, I can either be Darth Vader or I can be pure pure Russia. But you know, uh, Darth Vader is on the side of the emperor, and the emperor is Joe Biden. Okay, hang on. So, so before we move on from this this thing around criminal justice, because I I know that you want to defend yourself on the Russia thing, but the other thing is is when we're talking about Russia, is this this supposed assassination attempt on Putin, which is like a little tiny explosion above the Kremlin. You don't believe that that was a serious thing, do you? No, it wasn't a serious thing, and right, and Putin okay. certainly doesn't take it seriously. I mean, you know, the, these guys are trying to, you know, seriously launch a drone strike from. Uh, 450 k's away no really guys i mean would they like to take him out yeah you know probably most definitely but uh i think it's far more likely to happen in the form of a terrorist attack which is kind of the way in which that russian journalist was taken out while he was giving a talk and uh or in the case of uh um uh the daughter of uh alexandra dugan who was uh, uh daria dugan who was taken out by a car bomb so Ukrainians look like they're pretty good at that type of stuff. So um, if you look in terms of the footage that we're now getting coming out of uh, out of Bakhmut, uh, we see that there's lots of uh, booby traps that have been left uh, en route as the Ukrainians are beating a retreat from there. So, um, yeah, it's an <laughs> inter- interesting setup. But, but no, I don't think that the assassination attempt, you know, really matters. All right, well, let's go straight into the stuff that I think is on Penel's agenda, and maybe we start with electoral reform. I mean, we're going into an election supposedly next year, and it's it's going to be the election that everybody says we must watch most carefully. We need to know who's actually running the IEC <laughs> because the ANC are going to try and rig it. We hear that there are all kinds of coalitions between the bad guys and the good guys. Uh, what is your overview of what might or might not happen next year? And we're going to hold you to this because what we do on this show <laughs> is we we will replay this at election time and we'll see how close to the mark you are, Penel. Go no, ahead. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. It is big, our last chance to get rid of the ANC. Right. That's what everyone keeps That's saying. That's what people say, right? I, I think it's a pile of rubbish, to be fully honest. Um, just going back to the criminal justice system, I, I don't know if it's because we are a religious country, mm-hmm. but it's like we live on some type of fake hope. I don't know when we will give up on the Senzomiyoa case. It's like the arms deal with Jacob Zuma and co. You think we should get to move on? To be fully honest, I worry <laughs> about how much energy, money, time we spend on stuff like that, where we all kind of sort of understand what's kind of going on. What do we want to see? We want to see someone arrested and then clap hands and then yeah. what happens from there? The, the movie's over. Yeah, because kind of we, we know even when they go to jail, as in the case of this Tabo Besta situation, they seem to have a really good life. They get visited by celebrities and Boom. politicians. And 
get to have TV and internet and phones and get to run their business from there. It's a good time. No, so what's guys, the point? No, 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 no. That's, I mean, that's a very glib statement to make because we do actually have a criminal justice system that does function in, 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 in a very real way. That's why we've got jails that are full of people, right? So just because the Senzume UI case is a big personality, that's the reason why it's on TV. But there are courts all over this country that are full every day with do you really many believe that? dockets. Do you really believe that? I absolutely do. You no. believe the people in jail are the right people and that the system works? We've seen the biggest celebrities in front of our eyes with footage. Yeah, these are the ones that we get. Like, no, but the these are the ones that you see. Pu- I'm saying interest you, you, these, uh, they are 10 cases it, you think, see out of hundreds of cases. And, and that, you want to use those 10 cases. As and I the think me- the ones that no one's paying attention to are even more sad. That's it, I think. I, I'm with you on this yeah. one. No, I, 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 let me just tell you a quick story. So a friend of mine is an advocate in Pretoria, right? He sent me a video on Tuesday, the day after the public holiday. There is a line of legal professionals outside the, the high court in Pretoria. Yeah. Just a huge queue. It stretches down the road. He tells me that the reason for that is that normally at the front door of the court, they scan the laptops and you have to fill in a book you take your laptop in and out because obviously they, you know, they want to monitor what goes in. There was one book. There are usually five. There was one on Tuesday. So everyone, <laughs> so the entire legal system in Pretoria was held up because one stupid security guy at the entrance to the court didn't put out five books for laptops to be filled in for, which no one looks at anyway. And only one was put out. This is the kind of thing. And by the way, he did also mention that you have to step over human feces every couple of steps outside the court because people, homeless people yeah. are literally shitting outside the court. How must we take the, legal, the, the the criminal justice system seriously? If this is the way it presents itself to the average South African, not even in the legal profession, just people passing by in court, that there are human beings shitting outside the courtroom. Maybe let, is, me, let me say this in closing so, before we move to electoral reform. My My pessimism comes from the fact that I know lawyers, I know judges, I know criminals, I know uh, perpetrators, I know people that work in and amongst the system. And it's because I know a lot of those people personally that I, I don't believe in it. And, maybe and, maybe and, if it was and, far away in America, I'd say, oh, maybe it's great. But I know a lot of the people out, that I You left out our favorite, the NPA. Oh, of course. I mean, anything to add on this, Canton? Because I think Pumi has some sort of uh, retort to us, and she's she's standing her ground. No, I think it's a fair comment because we've clearly seen that there are lots of people who are, you know, theoretically above the law, and when you have that uh, that scenario where justice is reserved for some and not uh, reserved for uh, for others, you you know, you have prima facie cases of of people who would obviously fail lifestyle audits and our minister of electricity, you know, walking around with a million rand watch on his wrist is a, is a prima facie example of that, but nobody's going after him. So I I don't believe that we have a criminal justice system that's actually functional. I do believe that one can worm one's way out of it. I do believe that the, the price tag for buying out members of the judiciary is actually a very low bar because if you look in terms of the amount of money that's splashing around versus the amount of money that's actually available, do I believe that judgments can be bought? Yes, absolutely. 
I'm not pointing fingers at particular judges, but, uh, um, you know, yeah, uh, I, I think you'd, that you'd there's be, lots of us who actually you'd, have... Uh, you'd be in contempt of court if you did. Um, I don't have a problem with being in contempt of court. You know, I just don't want to, you know, single out judges without actually having a, a significant smoking gun. But uh, right, so, I, there so, certainly is a trail. So Pumi Pumi disagrees. Just because, no, no, no. You've got I don't, an unenviable so job here. Thing. So, I mean, no, here's the thing. Pumi knows when she ends just up in court, she's, the judges people. are going to be on her side. <laughs> just because we want certain people to be in prison, just because we want a certain way of justice to prevail does not mean that the 240 prisons we have in this country that are over full, right, do not have the right people in there. That two things can be correct at the same time. Just because you want to see a Jacob Zuma in prison, just because you want to see a whoever, you want to see bigwigs in prison and in, in orange overalls, does not mean that the system is not working in some parts. Two things can be correct at the same time. And I'm simply saying that it is a glib statement to say that, oh, nothing works. People have to walk off our faces. Two things can be correct at the same time. That sounds like is it a, No, Pooby, this is like the car is not running, but the tires system? are not flat. Is it a Jeez. fucked up system? Is it a fucked up yeah. system? Maybe it is a fucked yeah. up system. And you guys know this. When Shamila right. Badoi five years ago, got put into the job. We sat here, well, not here, but we sat in the studio, Gareth Gareth and Kenton and I, and I said to you guys, I want to see her do something. And y'all asked me to give her some time. She's had five years. Yeah, we're still waiting for her to do anything. I'd I'd like to just see her do anything at this point. Five we've years. Pa- 2018 is when she got the job. Oh, I can't believe we're going down this road again. But we've paid this woman a salary for five years to do absolute bugger all. But <laughs> and, and the fact that, Penuel, and the fact that, yes. you know, lawyers and judges and criminals and, you know, people in yeah. and out of the system and, you know, people who can buy their way out of the system. Uh, I certainly hope you also know people who are in prison serving their time. Sure. No, I'm going to end means, it here. Otherwise, we'll keep it dragging. I think yeah. we need to move to electoral reform. But I, I hear you. I, yes, not everyone who's in prison is innocent. Not everyone. Not The system is not to be fully thrown away. But my closing shots is just the majority or the bulk of the system is just really, really broken. And All right. For the fact that we can't convict at like things that an ordinary citizen that is not trained, if we're failing at that level, it becomes very scary for the rest. I think we we have now strayed into the area called the obvious. So now let's move let's move on to electoral Gareth, reform. Just be, just before you move, I just want to point Wait. out that I, I wrote a, a few years ago uh, a very detailed analysis of whether or not Jacob Zuma could get a fair trial, and it all ties in with the way in which narratives get built and media manipulation uh, comes into play. And Bayes' theorem actually features there as well. And I'm going to treat a link to that piece All for right. those of you who want to go down that particular rabbit hole. All right, Penel. Beautiful. I electoral, with, um, electoral reform. Let's talk about how you foresee the election taking place and what you think is going to happen and, and where you think we need to reform our elections. Two weeks ago, I was in Cape Town, hosted by Dr. Michael Louis. He was one of the co-founders of the ACDP. Um, he's now the founder of the One South Africa Movement. They are the people that have been pushing for electoral reform. They are the people that took um, the current policies on, on voting to court and got the constitutional court to deem the way we vote unconstitutional. So essentially, 
it shouldn't be that you have to vote for a party. And that's why we're getting independent candidates next year. That's why we're going to have three instead of two ballot papers and people will be able to vote for independence. How that's going to look is going to be very tricky. And the incumbents, unfortunately, are working very hard to make it as difficult as possible for a valid independent candidate to get decent votes or to keep all their votes, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's still too early to call, but I'm just happy that some steps are being taken for the future. Um, I just hate the people that are in charge of, of what's happening in terms of voting. Um, well, I mean, do, do any of you actually think that independent candidates will make a dent in the system? You know, America was talking about a third party candidate for a hundred years. They were, there were people like Ross Perot and, you know, there were, there were all these third party, these, these kind of outsiders. And then they got a third party candidate in the form of Donald Trump, who wasn't really a Republican, but who turned the Republican party into his animal. And, and then they didn't, his bitch more and like they it. didn't like it at all. They didn't like the idea of this third party candidate. And obviously he's completely changed the character of the Republican party. But do we in South Africa have the ability to think outside of the party system? I mean, I don't know that people can. I, I think it's great to have ind- independent candidates. And I think it would be in municipalities and in local sort of regional competitions for, for, for votes. It would be good. But I don't see it working on the national scale. I think the party system is so deeply engendered in what we do and the way we think about things. We're I, think not it's, get it I think it's early days, but you're 100% correct. Um, the whole point of this is mostly for local government. But if you introduce it at a national level, it starts the conversation. It starts getting people to understand that I do not necessarily have to vote for a party. I can vote for Garrett. I can vote for Opumi uh, because I, I've seen the work that she does on the ground. And we'll hopefully move back to what we had before 94, which is mostly uh, constituency-based voting, where you're saying you know who your person is. Yeah. this area. And when right. he's in parliament, he That's must speak for our area. And anytime he gets dragged into funny politics, we must remind him, mm-hmm. we can remove you and put someone else who's going to represent our interests better. Oh, here's a question from somebody who says that you are a uh, an agent. Question for Penwell. <laughs> How much of your online activities toward AfriForum goals? Do you work for AfriForum? Must I answer that? <laughs> yes, of course. Jeez, I'm going to get fired from up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Good one. So, uh, <laughs> Go ahead. So I, I, I joined AfriForum as a paying member last year. And uh, I've been wanting to join for a couple of years. And I think because of the work they did on the Senzo Meiwa trial, that was the thing that made me say, you know what? I think I'm now confident to take all the beatings in public. I personally know a lot of black people that are paying members who would never confess in public. Some of them are actually politicians, big business people, farmers, etc. Um, I decided to go out and speak about it for many reasons. One of them being just the conversation of what AfriForum is about and the work they do, which I realize people that attack me are not even aware of what they do. In their opinion, it's anything black, they attack. If it's Julius, they attack. But they do a lot of really great work in communities. Um, and I think specifically for the black majority in this country, it would be nice for them to see organizations like that and be like, we think we can copy this in our communities and do something similar. So, so it's, it's so a conversation. You, you're paying Afri for them. They're not paying you. Is that Unf- what you're saying? Unfortunately, geez, I'm giving money to these white Afrikaners. What? <laughs> All right. What do you, what do you make of that? Anybody want to throw in a comment there? Cause someone clearly is. Well, they don't just have white Afrikaners. You know, they, they have black Afrikaners as well. <laughs> 
And they have black non-Afrikaners as well. That uh-huh. can't speak a word of Afrikaans. You know, the obsession that we have online and in some spaces with color, with blackness and whiteness and delineating mm. what people do or say only based on that is what makes people go, oh, why would you want to be a part of that? I think the the joy, the beauty, the good thing about where we are in South Africa is you can make that decision. You can make that decision. And it, it has nothing to do with anybody else. If you decide that these are the people that you believe in, that you want to give your money to, that's great. When, that's when great. You're, when you you're black. Be, you should be allowed. You are. You are allowed to do that. You are allowed. And this is why, for me, even as we talk about electoral reform, right, I think I still think we have an incredible constitution and wanting to change it now is wanting to go back in time for something that maybe we believe could have, should have. We have a constitution that allows even the small voices to have representation, right? With proportional representation. Mm. And, and so that allows each and every single one of us to participate if you want to participate. Well, and this is the way you want to participate. I don't know why anybody well, I should mean, get into a fight with we, you we have about a, that. We have among us someone who did uh, stand for election and, and did actually run in, in the last election with a registered party, and that's Canton. And your experience was interesting. I mean, you, you, didn't, you didn't get the numbers that you wanted, Canton, but there were a lot of people who supported you. And I think it was a very brave and principled stand that you took, proving to people you can do this if you really want to. It's a lot harder than people think, though, right? Well, there were a couple of fundamental screw-ups that uh, we made last time around. Because remember, none of us actually uh, understood the way in which the electoral system works. And we made a fundamental mistake in that we only put ourselves onto the national ballot, whereas we should have put ourselves onto the provincial ballots as well, all of them. And if we had, then we would have ended up with at least three seats in Parliament because we didn't understand the way in which the provincial allocation actually uh, ended up working. But, hmm. you know, hey, you know, we, we kind of uh, took that on the chin. The problem that we've got right now, and Penwell, you know, I'd like you to just, you know, give me your feedback on this. I think that the current electoral reform is actually a Trojan horse. And it's a Trojan horse that ends up favoring the ANC. And so let me tell you why this works, okay? Let's say we have a scenario where we have a person that's running as an independent, okay? And uh, that in this case, uh, well, let's use Zaki Ahmed is, uh, is an example of someone who is now running as an independent. And let's say Zaki ends up with um, 50,000 votes, okay? 50,000 people end up voting for Zaki. But uh, the amount of votes that Zaki needs on the proportional ballot to get into parliament is actually 30,000. All right, mm-hmm. I'm thumb-sucking these figures, guys, just for uh, illustrative purposes. Cool. The 20,000 votes extra, Zaki is not able to allocate that Forfeit. to anyone. Okay, so those are votes that get forfeited. Right. And so really what happens is that in that scenario, those votes, which would normally have gone into a pool for a particular political party, now effectively get lost. And that's why it, this the, the scenario that we've got right now completely favors the ANC. It's, it's disastrous. And uh, I think that 
we're only going to feel the impact of this next year when the results actually come out. So, you know, a lot of people have been asking whether I and the the rest of us who stuck our necks out last time would consider going in. Well, this time around, the scenario is actually a lot worse. Uh, you know, last time around, we actually had a fighting chance. This time around, <laughs> I think it's 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 strongly favoring the ANC. All right. Um, it was, Pumps? Sorry. It, I, I still think, I think it is a foolish move to want to change the rules of the game just as uh, the incumbent is losing. They are losing. Yeah. The the job really is on the, the on the political parties that are the opposition parties to give people a reason to vote for them, to get out there and campaign and give people a reason to vote for them. So you think unfortunately, you, almost this, all of them, this idea all they of, are saying is let's get the ANC out. They're not saying let's get the ANC out because we can do this and this and this. Give so us so the you're, you're almost in the same camp then as those who would say. Don't waste your vote. No, I'm not in not. that camp. I am yeah, not well. in that camp. I think people should vote for who they believe will represent their issues, people who will represent what they stand for. I am definitely happy that there are so many new people stepping up to the ring, putting their hands up, because what that does, like like we talk about uh, capitalism and giving lots of products shelf space mm -hmm. what that does is it makes everybody up their game let everybody right. up their fucking game okay cool tell us what you're gonna do it's not enough to say we're not gonna be those guys you're smiling panel you agree uh to some extent one of the points i wanted to make to Upumi earlier um is in this country if you're black you're kind of imprisoned you have to be pan-african pro-black we want the land etc you you're not allowed to be different alternative have your own opinion, work with it. You almost get imprisoned and it becomes... Scary. Allowed by whom? No, this is from the AfriForum discussion. Mm. This, this whole concept that if you have a voice and you say something that is not in line with whatever they think you should be saying, you kind of get bashed, is, is no. what I want to say. But who's they? The goats are in your head. No, 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 no. no. no, 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 no people online. People mm. online. These will, are people will, online. These there, are people there is, that speak to you. There's an approved opinion yeah. and there's a not, not approved opinion. Look, you don't give a damn. Okay? <laughs> I know you don't. And I know you don't give a damn <laughs> either, Penwell. But a lot of people do. And I'm afraid that this is also something, and I'm treading on difficult territory here because this is not stuff that white people should be saying. <laughs> but I'm very worried that there's some kind of inculcated idea that all black people must think a certain way because that's how we became liberate. We became liberated. It's bullying, to be honest. Well, yeah. and I They, they bully other people because if you're not strong-willed, strong-headed, if you don't believe in your conviction, yeah. then you're kind of like, okay, whatever you say. But but there was a there was a feeling of what solidarity brought about liberation, right? Yes. Black people standing up with other black people against a common enemy. Yes. And that is translated in a post-liberation world into a universe where you have to, there's a, there's an approved black position on things by a majority who appoint themselves. Yes. Which is ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it is, there's, there's an element of that hangover of standing together against the, the common enemy for liberation that has now moved into, you can see it in America. You can see it here. You can see it in other countries. I mean, I've just been to Zimbabwe now and we know what's going on there. Emerson Gagwa is still not called an election for God knows how long came up in the burning platform the other day. These are things that we need to talk about. And 
it all comes into what you said just now, Pumi, about how we tend to look at things and delineate people along color, class, religion, whatever ways we can separate people become the ways we identify people. Because yeah. it's easy. Yeah, of course. We're, it's lazy. I mean, it's lazy. It's very what lazy. people, what people do is they just relegate what is their power. So you, you can stand up for yourself or you can just, it's easier to be quiet. It's easier to not say. It's easier to not participate. Mm-hmm. It's easier to blame than to stand up and do something. It's mm-hmm. easier to just sit back and go, whoo, vaya better. That's it. Right? Pumi, when are you running for election? <laughs> I want to respond to Kenton's question about, about the Trojan horse. Um, yes. Dr. Michael Louis did say, because Cyril Ramaphosa did sign in uh, a bill about the independent candidates, and he's like, it's, it, is, it is trash. And yes, you're right. A lot of the votes that are going to be lost end up probably going to the, the majority party, which might be the ANC. Um, I think when I started, I did say to you guys that the incumbents are going to do everything they can to throttle and make this as difficult as possible for independence. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a step, uh, hopefully. Um, we've got over 40 million South Africans over the age of 18. 40 million. We currently have 26 million registered voters. And then of the 26 million registered voters at the last elections, I think we had either 17 or 19 18 million. million people 18 million. that voted. So... For me, at the very least, what independent candidates are meant to bring is, since I don't believe in the ANC, the DA, the EFF, but I believe in someone, at least I will have a voice and I will say something. And that participation is more important than kind of being forced between these three parties that you maybe do not like. Mm. We do have a lot of people putting their hands up, uh, Gaten McKenzie, Chris Papas, etc. And yes, they represent certain parties, but some people love them beyond the party. And if you're putting in that type of work over five, ten years, and if you educate the majority to say, follow the people that are doing the work, I'm hoping that that will allow us to graduate from, I'm just part of this party, but to actually ask, what is this person actually doing? I can, hope. can I ask a, a question of all three of you? Because um, this came from a listener of ours. And I, I often feel that these are the most important issues that people are dealing with on a daily basis. And they don't always have to do with party politics. So this is from a listener of ours called Ricardo. Okay. He says, I'm a business owner. I have two liquor stores. Labor law, one, that's the labor department, want to come and do an inspection for the second time since last year. I normally get the documents ready for them and I comply, even though it takes a lot of my time and I stay calm. My feeling now is that the government are wasting my time with stuff like this. They can't supply electricity. They won't go to the shops on the back roads. They always target the main road, which is the easy target. I pay UIF, PAYE, compensation fund, VAT, etc. But what did they do for me? And then they make me do all this paperwork as well so that they can tick boxes. Are little businesses, small businesses, medium enterprises, whatever the government always gives us lip service for being these things, are we being burdened with an unnecessary amount of red tape and bullshit by a department that really does very little for either the people who work for us if we have small businesses or the people we work for if we're the employees. Why are they getting involved in stuff like this? Canton, you can start with this because I know you've got strong feelings about small businesses and government. Well, it's because, you know, for individuals to succeed goes entirely contrary to the idea of having a capable state. 
which is an idea that both of our largest political parties are wedded to. Whereas mm-hmm. we know that uh, really the, the most uh, crucial thing that one can do in order to kickstart this economy is to get rid of the freaking regulations. Now, when we have, what is it, 40 million unemployed people, but we put in place a minimum wage law, which pushes up the price of actually hiring people, that's regulation that's actually screwing up things. When we are trying to kickstart our our domestic wine industry, but the price that you're paying for a bottle of wine, the majority of the money is actually going in tax, that's a direct result of regulation that's actually causing things uh, to fail. When you know, the tax structure just becomes so complicated and you have individuals who are not earning a regular salary needing to actually file their taxes four times a year mm-hmm. and have their accountants go over it. Gareth, you, you and I know about this stuff because we run our mm-hmm. businesses and, you know, we have to be doing this and stuff on, on a regular basis and Pumi as well. So, <laughs> yes, definitely. But uh, um you are not going to get either of the um, the large parties at this point coming around and saying that we actually need to toss out these regulations. You're not uh, because slippery, because they, slippery pickle slippery pickle in the comments says never let a vampire inside your home or business. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You want to add I something keep, to yeah, that panel? Uh, uh, I do, I do. Um, in a situation where you are in charge of running a country and your biggest campaign funders. Arguably, the biggest taxpayers are your mates. You're going to kind of do everything in your power to make sure that smaller players don't become big. And this is kind of how it's done. I mean, it's similar to the independent candidates, to be honest. And the guys that end up do becoming big, when you look at it, even historically, not just in South Africa, the guys that broke laws, bended laws, mm-hmm. um, got maybe some big foreign guys to back them, etc. Because as a small guy doing everything by the book, you're almost never going to make it. And there's a lot of cases of, of that happening. They're just trying to throttle small businesses because they're not serious about getting rid of unemployment. It's mostly about but ensuring what do you that mean? their we've, friends But we've got a big. minister of small business. Doesn't that solve everything? It's like do we've we got a minister have, of electricity. Do we still have a minister yeah, of small we've business? We've got a minister of small business. Uban. We've got a minister of electricity. We've got a minister of women. Uban. Have they helped you this week? Uban, minister uh, of small business. And guys. No, okay. I'm just asking. What, what do you say about this as a small business owner? <sighs> guys, you know my feeling about government and the the level of regulation that we have for small businesses. But I do think that this particular conversation, and I, I also saw that email and and I had um I had some thoughts and it's it's two conversations collapsing into one, right? Okay. So there's there's a big conversation around policy and red tape and all of that kind of stuff. And then there is a small conversation around the the menial workers in various departments all over the country, right? So if you are just a person that works at SARS, whose job is and doing checking the vet forms and doing all of that stuff, you're doing your job. You are simply doing your job. And your job is there is this stack of papers that you have to go through. And this that's what, you know, this person is also chafing against. And that's why I'm saying there are two big conversations I, happening. I see a solution. There's a policy conversation happening. Yeah. And there is a person doing their do- job every day. You're not going to like it, but here's my solution. Is that uh, this, this listener of ours, he sits down with this guy from the Labor Department and he says, uh, look, how much to not have you come here anymore? Boom. Yeah. How many bottles can I send to your house for you to just fuck off? 
then be part of the problem. Yeah, but well, let him be I'm, part of the problem. No, I see this. As, the, I so, see this as a solution. I mean, what do you say, Canton? <laughs> well, in most countries, you know, Gareth, we, we've talked about this on, on the show before. You know, in most countries, um, you know, corruption is just another line item. Yes. On uh, um, your income statement, right? Yes. So uh, the difficulty that we have in South Africa is that corruption is not a measurable line item. So, uh, you know, we already have one extent of corruption, which is the 15% VAT that we end up paying. So, you know, we're able to account for that as a business expense. We try and work our way around that as much as possible. But it is a finite amount. We know that it's going to be 15% VAT. Uh, the trouble when you're dealing with the likes of this uh, uh, corrupt official who's coming to audit you on a regular basis, you've got no way of actually setting a particular bar. So when you don't have certainty in business, that's when things actually fall apart. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was uh, talking, for example, of the fact that why is Zimbabwe still managing to work? Well, because there is actually certainty in terms of uh, of the corruption, you know, very specific example, you, you know, know at, yeah. you know, at any given stage, what the differential is between the official exchange rate mm-hmm. and the unofficial exchange rate, and you're able to budget for it. And once you're able to budget for it, you're able to work <laughs> out your profitability, and everything fits into place. Guys, you know, <laughs> you know, the, it, and this is the other thing. One of the things mm-hmm. that I thought about when I read that email is that this particular individual is part of a group. Um, their business is part of a group. And this is why, this is why being active and being banded together is this is the opportunity that you use the muscle of being in a, in a big independent group like he is. Let the, let the big guys, the reason you pay them to be in their little franchise is for them to make the phone calls, is for them to use that muscle of being a group and make the right phone calls to people to say, listen, our guy has been audited three times this year or whatever it is. That's why it's important to know who your counselor is because you've got to annoy them and let it be their problem. That is why if you are in an organization, if you have a small business in a particular industry sector, Mm. you must know who your industry sector representatives are. That is why you must know who Mm. the person in parliament that is is representing your constituency is so that you can annoy the fuck out of them so that they can do their job. That is what is holding accountable. That is what holding people accountable for the positions they get paid for is the little guy is always the one that follows the law to mm. the T and the yes. only way what Pumi is saying the only way to win is to join a gang <laughs> that's all I'm hearing That I don't think that's an unfair summation we'll call it a regulatory body just so it Again. Know, sounds politically correct uh, Colleen says Stella Ndabeni Abrams is the small business minister well yes. th- th- that's why it's working so well obviously because she's oh. just amazing Zunaid says who's Stella Ndabeni uh, she was communication has before. she made a new blazer for her new department uh, <laughs> Zunaid says I worked in the DRC it's called it's not called corruption there. it's called facilitation Boom. and it is not deemed an issue I break the law every chance I get, says John Baddog. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Uh, if that's the case, then Canton may just be in with the gold mafia. Jeez. Is that possible? That's, uh, that's a hell of a leap to make. Uh, Maki says, nice one, Canton. Oh, my God. Listen, no. I, I, just, but- I feel like ordinary people who are just trying to live their lives and do as many 
of the things they want to do as possible without breaking the law do get punished. I think the little guy gets punished. I think if you're stupid enough to renew your car license and to pay your rates and taxes and your rates and taxes and you are dumb enough to comply. Yeah. Then you get nailed. Yes. Because they know where to find you. Guys, being a citizen is an active job. It's not a once in every five years you put a cross next to someone's face. It is an active job. That is why. And I mean, it, it, it sounds fabulous to say, oh, well, then join a gang. It gets a rise out of people. <laughs> well. But fuck, it, the, the reason society works is because we have rules in place, but you've got to be part of making it work. If for you, it looks like joining a gang, then fucking join a gang. Pumi, I just want to point out, and a lot of listeners have noticed this, that you have become very foul-mouthed on the show <laughs> since its inception. Pumi never used to speak like this. We have dragged you down ne- to our level. You and now, and now, you, now you use foul language. All right, well, uh, I know there are a couple of other things on your agenda that we want to talk about. So let's talk about uh, meritocracy for a minute. And I know this is something that also Pumi and Canton are very... Uh, big believers in uh, are we a meritocratic society <laughs> are our politicians do they think in terms of merit i mean it's clear the anc don't we just mentioned stellander benny abrams who's got no qualifications of any use whatsoever <laughs> and has been moved from department to department to department all of our ministers have some of them have absolutely no idea what their department does but they get moved around because it's really just putting a person in a job and that's a kind of I don't know if it's a leftover of uh, of their, their Russian and their Marxist flirtations in the 1970s, but they don't really believe in merit in, in the ANC. Do the other parties believe in merit? Do South Africans believe in merit? I'll, I'll tell you the reality is that other parties don't. You speak about cadre deployment and you look at the people they send out to do stuff. South Africans, weirdly, I, I do think believe in merit. It's just they cannot exercise merit where the systems are very strong. I say this because South Africans are very passionate. The majority of them are very passionate about voting for black leaders. Very passionate. And they say, oh, apartheid and the struggle. And then you look at who they want to work for. And you look at which businesses they want to buy from. And you look at where they want to send their children to school. And which neighborhoods they want to live in. They know the best. They know what the best is. They know it comes at a cost. But for some weird reason, because of the rules and regulations and propaganda, they vote almost against everything else they believe in. The solution, everyone says it all the time, the solution to this country is fixing the education system, making sure that our children have real skills, number one, making sure our children understand political systems, economic systems, and in that making our children understand, and I'm I'm loving this analogy I use these days, seeing our, our country as the spring box and saying, do you believe that the 400 members in parliament, if they were to go to a World Cup, would actually put up a fight? And if not, who do you think are the people that if you could pick them, would be the greatest political players to take on Putin, Xi Jinping, Biden, and knock them out of the park? The people on the ground know. But because of the systems and because of the current electoral processes we have, we're stuck with a lot of clowns. The average South African probably knows 10, 20 out of the 400. They don't know the rest. But they can tell you every player in the PSL, all the guys that play rugby at the highest level, etc. It shows that we, we, we actually don't believe in these people. It's as simple as that for me. 
<laughs> Gareth, you might remember the conversation that uh, the very robust conversation I was having with Helen Ziller was telling her, look, focus on exactly the stuff that people want to hear. Focus on the delivery. Focus on uh, the meritocracy. Focus on actually getting stuff done. You know, don't talk about the race-based stuff. Don't talk about the work stuff. Don't talk about what's going on in the Ukraine. Don't talk about... Uh, you know, arresting Putin when he pitches up in the country. Nobody gives a shit. But at the point at which you focus on actually getting stuff that works, turn us into a winning nation, people are actually going to come out and vote for that. And no one's talking about that. What do you say, Pums? <laughs> you can't just laugh. You, la- you laughed when Kendall said his thing earlier. All right, Pum- no, Pumi any- is sitting firmly on the fence this morning. <laughs> no, it is not sitting on the fence. I, it, it's just, I feel like... Said every person record. sitting on the fence. I feel like a stuck record. Because, Penwell, people may know better people. They may know who those... And, and some of those better people know themselves. But you know where they are not. They're not on that ballot. 100%. They're, they're, and, and so you have to vote. This is the system that we have, right? But if people don't put themselves up to be voted for, if you do not have the best 11 saying, here we are and we are ready to take on this. And at the same time, if you have, we want to say some guy who is being the best at his everyday job, by coming to your little business and checking your business and checking and signing the form and ticking the boxes that they need to tick. You want to say that person who is doing a great job in that job that they are doing, you're saying, how do we corrupt this person so they stop being good no, at their job? but if they're job? going to check on the Whoa. same liquor store twice in a Whoa. year, they're not doing their job. They're well, fucking maybe around. Maybe it's three people. Maybe it's three people. Yeah, well. It's not the same person. It's three people great at doing I their think, job, think, and this is what has landed on I their it's table. Just, it's it's just sheltered and you're employment. Saying, how do I how I, do I corrupt this person so that they stop being uh, good at their job? And on the other side, the people who who may be great at doing their job are not saying me, I'm going to do this job. And so you're stuck the, with Stella Dabeni. Don't, don't put the court the, 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 the horse before the cart. Because here, this this guy is trying to run his his liquor store. He's not trying. He didn't suggest corruption. Penwell and I did. Yeah. No, 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 Penwell. Why is Penwell there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I did. I did. <laughs> All I'm saying the is fa- the fact is long no, before well. long before that happens, you've got this irritating bureaucrat who's making this guy do work that doesn't lead to profit, doesn't lead to any improvement in his business twice a year, and it's starting to wear him down. And it's already hard enough to run a business in this in this country at this at this stage. And now you're siding with some bureaucrats. So we complain about the fact that the metro police are corrupt. We complain about the fact that they ask for George. Right? And we should. Because when they stop you, you're like, How do I get out of this ticket? Let me just give you this twenty Rand, leave me alone. Of and then, course. then they know this is how people want us to behave and they behave that way. <laughs> Can Come I respond guys, to that you're, quickly? No, you're can I respond to yourselves. that? Not just in that example, sorry, but but you're right in principle. The reality when a person pays a bribe to let's say a traffic cop is it's an acknowledgement of a wrongdoing. But you you wanna streamline the punishment, the apology as quickly as possible and <laughs> minimize the cost. You're still paying for doing something wrong. It's mm-hmm. just not through the official channels and it's not at a certain amount. Just don't do the wrong so thing. So if, if the traffic department or JMPD <laughs> were to make it easier 
and cheaper to apologize for being wrong. We wouldn't pay bribes. Just means we pay too much and it's it's too much work to get the ticket and go to the I'm court. Still with you. I'm with you. But in <laughs> principle, you. you're 100% correct. <laughs> yeah. That yes, we, we do have to respect certain and parts of, is, of the rules. But this is this is why South Africa is where it is, right? As South Africans, we want to break the rules and then we want to complain that the rules are broken. We we are forced to break the rules because we can't afford <laughs> we can't afford to, to do them. things the right way. If you look at that whole list that Ricardo sent, pairs you earn, UIF, compensation fund, etc. It's for the ordinary person and affording minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Our politicians and no one's ever asked Cyril because apparently he's got foreigners working on at Palapala. <laughs> no one's asked them how did these people come here? Do they have work permits, etc.? There are a lot of people at the highest levels that aren't even paying minimum wage. They're already breaking the laws. We cannot afford to comply. We'd love to. I'd love to be able to pay a 2,000 rand ticket, but it's cheaper to pay 100 bucks to a cop, say I'm sorry, and keep it moving. It's not because we don't want to comply and do the right thing, in my opinion. So start your gang. Get your 400 people that can't do this job better. Get on the ballot and let's put you... I think these are the questions people weigh up in their heads every day. I think this is what people are trying to deal with every day. They're trying to find a way to make the system work. And Canton, you pointed out earlier that it's the uncertainty. It's the fact that sometimes the law applies, sometimes it doesn't. And again, without, uh, without abdicating responsibility for this as a citizen, which Pumi, Pumi feels strongly about, the fish rots from the head. How can we be expected to follow the rules at the bottom of the system as ordinary citizens if the people who lead the system and who make the rules do not follow them themselves. And that isn't an excuse. That's actually a critique of the entire system and all the laws because either you follow all of them or you follow none of them. Mm. And I think most South Africans are electing to follow none of them because that's what our leaders have shown us is acceptable. <laughs> La Lela. We There's have no argument there. Anthony is there. We have a chance in 12 months' time to replace all of these people who talk about meritocracies and then elect people with the metric Mm -hmm. over people with doctorates and PhDs and experience. Or just people who are moral and ethical. This is our chance. This is our chance. It's our chance to do two things. It is our chance to mobilize the people around you. So Penwell talked about the number of people who are available to vote versus the number of people who did vote. It is a chance for you to mobilize your people to all band in, join your gang, and vote your gang into power and let but, those but, people okay, but, but, change so the system. If it's a gang, and that's the word you used, Penwell. It is. How is that different to the people of, say, Harry Smith not so long ago deciding to take charge of their own water and sorting out their own plumbing at their own cost and just counting the municipality out completely? I think that's good. And the people that are currently trying to go off-grid, yeah. that ESCOM is shutting down. Right. Which, which is ESCOM being the gangster, not no, them. But th- this is the counter to Pumi's point. <clears throat> so Pumi says, set up a gang, and our argument is, the system squashes you when you're trying to do that, when you're trying to do the right thing, when you're trying to bring in independent candidates in the best way to Throw say, them out. this is the, 
No, I'm saying it, it's nice to say that and we agree on principle, but the reality is they've built this structure in such a, a way that is, it is tough. Canton spoke about his experiences and he spoke about the Trojan horse, etc. The reality is we will vote for independence, some of us. The rest of the majority will do whatever because the education system is so bad that is run by the people in power. But it is going to be difficult for us to legitimately and through merit get people in there. Today there's talks of if you want to be president of this country, you need a billion rand. Not that you need to hmm. create jobs. Not that you need to be the best candidate. Not that, Imagine if to become Springbok captain, you needed five million rand. Sia Kolisi would have never made it. And that's where we are politically. It's not based on service. It's not based on your track record. It's, you it's based on how much money you have to campaign. And not even campaign. Word, not even campaign. What are the words you used in the DRC to to facilitate, to facilitate yeah. for these things yeah. to happen? Well, that's what happened. In we Nazarek. would like to change. We're all Nazarek. on the same side. Nazarek Nothing was doing is easy. And Nazarek yes. was a facilitation. So do the right? hard work. I mean, do we agree that like what happened at Nazarek was a facilitation? Hundred uh, percent. With some, Georgia. Hundred percent. Okay, so. Uh, let's just talk about this quickly because I think this is quite an interesting point. Um, Congo, Chris reckons, by your logic, Pumi Orania should be a, a, an independent state. They can, they can go for it. So you, they can P- do Pumi it. Pumi agrees. She says that. I don't have lot. a problem with Orania independence. Do I don't it. have a problem with Western Let Cape the, independence. Nothing worth doing is easy, guys. Yes. Do I would like nothing work. better than for Gauteng to be independent because you do know we generate more than fifty percent of the wealth of the country here. Yeah. For, for us to get to a point of what we call political freedom today, the rules weren't followed. That's why the ANC and other parties <clears throat> were called terrorist organizations. That's why when you speak about following the rules and those things, it's nice. But the reality is, yes, we want to change things, but we almost have to set up gangs, pay bribes, etc., and fight the system. Well, there, there are legal and illegal ways of doing this. 100%. I mean, you know, we talk about the illegal ones like the bribes. And, of course, many South Africans are complicit in that stuff. So yes. we can't then say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're the good ones because we're part of the problem. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I just want to say for the record, Gareth, I've never paid a bribe. <laughs> and I well, no, okay, good for you. Yeah. I have. And, and, and I probably will do again. But I don't think that there's that that's the same as joining a gang in the form of you joining Afri Forum, for example, who you think are a civic organization who will represent the interests you care about. And you don't care about whether or not they regard you as a black man or a English speaking man or something else. You've joined them because you're interested in their values. True. Or you think they represent something that you care about. Yeah. Or you share values. And you should be able to. I mean, I think, you know, there are plenty of good organizations that we've spoken to Songhez Zibi, for example. We've spoken about a number of, of NGOs that have started up just recently. We had Musi on just the other day with one, uh, what is it called now? Bold One Bold South, one Africa. South Africa. That's yeah, right. it started out from one Bossa. movement. So all of these things are starting to make a difference in small ways and big ones. And you don't have to only do the bad things. You can also do the good things. But it seems that you're going to need some money to do this. And the unfortunate thing in this country is whether you're joining an organization, you're paying a bribe, or you're just trying to live your life, you need money. And most people in this country don't have any because we don't have a growing economy. So what do people who have no money do? They just have to deal with whatever comes at them, right? Federalism is another topic that we'll need to discuss at some point as a nation because Orania and Independent Cape, I know the King Zulitini of the Zulus before he passed on at some point was threatening to make the Ngonyama Trust land independent. Mm. 
Federalism along with meritocracy, these are terms that I think the average South African at the bottom doesn't know, doesn't care about. And might, li- might like if you explained them. it to them. 100%. Yeah. Um, and civil organizations, because there is a life beyond politics. There is service. There is MTS Suleiman and the gift of the givers. Um, there is Afri Forum and Saltec and the work that they've done. And what we need from South Africans for active citizenry is for them to follow the leaders, to follow the groups, gangs, whatever you want to call it, that are actually doing the work. And then whether legally, illegally, to make sure that those people are given the powers, the budgets to actually effect change. Getting the best small business activists in the country to actually, I mean, people like Alan Reyes, to actually be part of government and ensure that the money goes to the right people, removes red tape, creates jobs, etc. Um, but like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to require education. If it's not at school level, which is probably not going to happen. No. Then it's through platforms like the one we have today, social media, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Now people YouTube, can find this stuff. Et they can find this stuff Listen, if they want to find it. If you're having a watch party for the coronation, <laughs> people can have, no, seriously, yes, no, people right. can have, people can have like their stock fells and yeah. talk about these things. And yeah. if each one of us, if there are a thousand of us listening to this show right now, and each one of us were to have a conversation with five people, that's <laughs> that's, that's what 5, it means. people, and then those five and blah blah blah. And so that's it what it means. It means yeah. that each yeah. one of us have to actively, actively Canton smiling. be part of the solution. Don't pay the bribe. Just get somebody to go out and vote and vote the way that you think they should be voting. Convince them. Gareth, I was just chuckling at one of our viewers who's suggesting that I'm being economic with the truth in terms of whether or not I've actually paid bribes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I've, I've never heard anyone hammer at a keyboard like you did, Canton. I had to mute your mic a couple of times. I feel sorry for your computer. Um, that thing must, you, it must last a maximum of what, a day or two? Oh, you got one of those keyboards. Okay. So that thing must last a couple of weeks. Um, thank you very much for being on the show this morning. Panel, people are, seemingly loving you in the in the comments here but then you know maybe they're just the ones who agree with you maybe the ones who don't agree with you are not coming oh they're all on twitter those guys they bash me every day well, well you're uh, on tiktok as well but people need to I find am. you there right yes yeah Yes, because uh, I'm not on TikTok, neither is Pumi, but you could find Penwell there. <laughs> it's a platform, guys. Wherever you can I get know. a platform you, that you can You handle that one for us. I'll handle this and one. And change lives. Yeah. Then, yeah. Between yeah. us. We, absolutely. And as Pumi says, fell. you know, your stock fell. Start your gang. 100%. Let's, ma- let's, make, gang, let's make gang a non-dirty word from here on out. <laughs> Canton, thank you. Pumi, thank you. And uh, Penwell, very good to have you with us. And, of course, thank you to you for joining us this morning. We will see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye.